Hold on to your butt. I'm quite surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. Uh, hello and welcome. 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 Welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. And I have to admit, folks, tonight I have no idea what I'm doing. It's a Friday. It's a free-for-all. It's a bit of a holiday, a solemn holiday. So thank you to the veteran in my house, Jonathan. I know it's auction day where you're working. I hope the day hasn't been too terrible. to think, of course, my grandfather, Ron, served in Vietnam. Really, he was in Thailand, but he was definitely doing some of the work there. And again, I have no idea where I'm going because I'm a little burnt out on the political news here in Alabama. I don't know whether or not the Roy Moore allegations are true. I tend to say, if you just knee-jerk... Major reaction, Joey. I think they are true. But then you bring in all the political <sighs> players, all the different angles, why the story's coming out now, why was the story sat on for so long, why when the story was percolating in the small little village of Gadsden for so long, is it just coming out? I don't know. Honestly, I have some days like today where I have trouble giving a damn. It's like I have trouble being shocked and surprised. So you have to be entertaining. Like Louis C.K. Louis C.K. What he did was creepy and gross. And he apologized. But if you've ever watched any of Louis' stand-up specials, if you've watched his show called so originally, Louis, you sort of got the vibe that this guy would do something like this. And it's funny, it's reminded me of what Greg said earlier on his show. When he was talking to the great impressionist impersonator, Rich Little. Is that comedy doesn't seem to be coming from the heart anymore. It seems to be coming from the drunken mind or from the drunken night out or from this weird intoxicated moment and if you ask most comics what was your childhood like what were your 20s like most comics are very broken people they either have some trauma in their past or they were incredibly awkward for whatever reason there's something about the things that gross us out Things that make us feel uncomfortable, that also make us laugh. I did a whole show on this. Why does sex make us laugh? Why does sex make us seem, it's so scandalous? I was going into this, into this earlier with Robert Bentley. Are you really that surprised? I mean, 50 years of marriage is a lot to throw away. But it happens. 
You work with somebody for a long time. You're working long hours. You're traveling all the time. This person's helping you out, and all of a sudden, you realize, I, well, I'm in love with them. Or at least in lust. And it makes me think things haven't changed that much. It's just that it's now out in the open. That people were having sex just as much in the 50s and 60s and certainly in the 20s and 30s. I mean, that's the only thing you could do for warmth in the Great Depression. But now everybody is sort of revealing how gross we human beings can be. Again, one of my favorite quotes is the truth is rarely pure and never simple. So we're going to have to grapple with the fact that the people that make us laugh, make us let out a hearty guffaw, they might be disgusting people behind the scenes. We might have to deal with the fact that if you love professional wrestling and you watch the Ric Flair 30 for 30, that though Ric Flair was probably the best at his craft, though he was iconic in terms of his effect on the culture, He never learned to be himself, Richard Flair. He only knew how to escape into being Ric Flair, into being the party guy, the guy hooking up with women every night, running away from his true self. Yeah, I find it bizarre in this reality era. We want to damn these train wrecks in our midst, and yet we're entertained by them all the same. It's like the whole TMZ phenomenon. Without these celebrities screwing up, does TMZ even have a business model? Of course not. Now, what you have to realize at the end of the day, no matter how big somebody is, how successful somebody is, whether in music or movies or art or politics or sports, they're just people. And they like, some people like to think they're bigger than everybody else. They're smarter than everybody else. And sometimes they're able to weave a myth around their own life. Like Donald Trump. He built a brand. And that brand came in incredibly useful in 2016, as we all know. But these folks that are larger than life... Why do we expect them to be our moral icons, our moral examples? Because I don't expect that of politicians. I don't expect that of Louis C.K. I don't expect that of Donald Trump or Roy Moore or Barack Obama or Chuck Schumer. I don't expect it from any of them. Now, I love when you go back and you look behind the curtain. You realize they're just as flawed as anybody else, as the next guy. They might be a bit more clever. I mean, you have to be pretty damn clever to become president of the United States, to win political contests, to be the best comedian in the game. You have to be pretty freaking clever. So I don't think anybody should be shocked or surprised. It's funny watching on social media, folks are saying, Alex Jones was right. Look at all the pedophiles in Hollywood. Corey Feldman apparently is now calling them out. But in all this mix of things, 
I think about my own idols, like Prince. You know, I was wearing a shirt. Well, I am wearing the shirt. I didn't take it off. It's not like I'm shirtless here in the studio. Not that you would know the difference, but wearing my Purple Rain shirt today and somebody who was in the studio, let's call them Dana, said that nobody cares about Prince. And then they went on to proceed to talk about Taylor Swift. And I guess Taylor Swift is the new icon, the new person to look up to. I mean, it was weird for me seeing how Prince died. It was sort of a reality check. Like, yeah, it can happen to anybody. Painkillers. And so when people want to look up to, say, somebody like T-Swift or to Donald Trump, prepare to be a little disappointed. I don't know. I think I'm getting old. Not I think. I know I'm getting old. Because when I see articles from somebody I've quoted before on this show, Trisha Beck-Peter over at the Foundation for Economic Education. When I see this headline, I turn into an old man. The headline reads, Three Lessons Activists Can Learn From Taylor Swift. And I just turn into that, Taylor Swift isn't music. Well, and here's the whole idea behind the article. Taylor Swift's ascent from country darling to international superstar has captivated the media and the hearts of millions for more than 10 years. Well, not my heart. Her journey wasn't the straight-to-the-top narrative new fans may imagine. While Taylor's name has been on the lips for the last decade, the words that have passed those lips have not been wholly kind. Really. Early on, Miss Swift developed a reputation that has become the artistic catalyst for an album that promises to deliver banger after banger. She's been called every name in the book. Boy crazy, serial dater, perpetual victim, snake. Dating scandals have plagued her since her teenage romance with Joe Jonas. Yet in the midst of it all, Taylor has built an empire as a performer, songwriter, and entrepreneur. She's also provided some valuable lessons for activists. Here are a few of my favorites. Again, this is from Trisha Beck-Peter over at Fee. Is there anybody over 30 that likes Taylor Swift? Give me a call, 272-9228. Because I'm not over 30, I'm only 28, but I'm reading this, and I'm thinking, Taylor Swift, really? Like, some of her songs are catchy, but why does everybody love her so much? But the first lesson, and I guess I'm an activist in some ways, I'm, I'm politically apolitical. That is, I'm in the political fray, at least on these talk airwaves, but I'm pretty much done with politics. Again, I'm burnt out on how much we pay attention every day to the stupid partisan back and forth between Republicans and Democrats. It's boring. It's mean-spirited. And yes, it's often very stupid. But let's go back, because I am this... Maybe I'm being too harsh. So I should learn from Taylor Swift that if I want people to stop paying attention to politics so much, I, I need to learn from this new goddess in our midst. So, lesson one. Reclaim the narrative. From 2006 to 2014, critics said whatever they wanted about Taylor Swift. 
with little fear of reproach. While she's always been a talented and biting lyricist, she's largely uh, reserved her ire for former flames. Then, after the highly public disillusion of her romance with One Direction frontman Harry Styles, Taylor retreated from the media into a... Well, I can't even read this. I don't even... Let's go to the phones, 272-9228. News Talk, who's this? You're on there. Joey, uh, if you don't like Taylor Swift, you're no friend of mine. Oh, okay, now that's, that. this has to be, is this 84? And I am that's very weird. much over 30 years old, but that, dude, you just have to shake it off if you don't like her. I don't like her. I mean, I don't hate her either. Like, I'm not going out of my way to crap on Taylor, but I just don't get it. This is seriously you where you're drawing the line? We're going to lose our friendship over this 84? Oh, yeah, this is it. This, I mean, this is it. Because I am, I, I qualified on both both sides of the, uh, can you hear me better now? Yeah, you just blew up my eardrums with thank you for that. Okay, yeah. I just got my phone working. You know, I can't figure this new phone out. Mm-hmm. But no, I actually, I actually do like Taylor Swift. And I think, I think really, uh, the one thing I do like about her is she is apolitical. You don't know it. I mean, she doesn't come out and do rallies with one side or the other. She's not singing at the Democratic National Convention. She's not at the Republican National Convention. She just does her own thing. She taught herself how to play the guitar, sat in her room, wrote her own songs. She didn't come out with covers. And I like Taylor. And my girls just happened to fall in to that that age group of when she got popular and so I've been here. I've been hearing way more Taylor Swift, honest to God, at my house than I really would care to. But they they, they love her, and uh, I, I think she's done a good job. Oh yeah, I mean I don't uh, knock her for being successful, but like the the latest album, I'm like I have to read this whole backstory in order to understand the drama of people calling Taylor Swift names. Like. <laughs> Really? Well, and she may be getting, she may be coming off the train because I, I don't know. I honest to goodness, I don't keep up with music that much. So, what was uh, music yeah. in your day and age? Like we went through this the other night, but like when you think about music, it was the eighties, right? It was the greatest. I'm well, I won't say it was the greatest, but the eighties were great with White Snake. And 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 the, the the morphing that happened with the hip hop when like Run DMC came in, it wasn't just hard vulgar rap. It was the rap mixed with you think about songs "Walk This Way" mm-hmm. that Run DMC cut, and then Prince was just and I'm not saying this just to pat you on the back. Prince was a great. Uh, musician and if it, it was those those type of songs the the, the chicago rock songs were yeah. freaking awesome and then they got to the you know 
whatever song. But you've at, managed at to, but you're naming all these great things, but you've managed to stay young at heart. Because, again, I hear Taylor Swift stuff, and I don't hate it. I'm just like, oh, that's not music. Oh, I just love it. And it, the, the mm-hmm. one reason I love Taylor Swift is mm-hmm. when that song, Shake It Off, came out. Yeah. Is I would get in there, especially if, like, my children had friends over, and they would be playing the radio, and when it came on, I would start dancing, and I would do the Shake It Off thing, and they would be like, oh, Daddy, don't do that. You're embarrassing us. And it, that just made me do it even more. Well, yeah, that sounds fun. See, I don't have kids to embarrass, but that sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Well, but, I mean, she has, you know, fun songs and the one about, uh, uh, you know, she's the ugly girl and she's in the bleachers and the boys, you know, got a girlfriend that's uh, the uh, cheerleader. She's cheer captain and I'm in the bleachers. How do I know that line? Yeah, that's, I mean, all, but anyhow, I like Taylor Swift, but. You had said something earlier uh-huh. about Roy Moore, and there's something that has, has frustrated me for since the news came out yesterday till today. And when you talk about Roy Moore, it is so evident. And I think you said this. What did you say? It's a Roy Chester, Roy Chester test. Rorschach test, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it is absolutely amazing the number of people that I've heard, uh, you know, today say, well, this is 38 years ago. Why did she do this? Why did she do that? Why did she do this? Why are we so quick to dismiss what this lady's saying? Right. And But we were so quick to accept what the lady said against... Uh, Bill Clinton. Or Weinstein. And, and and on the other side, as soon as that crap came out against Trump, oh, well, this is the, the, the gospel truth. And and so the left were, I, I, think you, I think you made one of the greatest points ever made on talk radio when you put it that way. Because if you like the guy, oh, no, this, this couldn't possibly have happened. Right. If you don't like him, oh, it's the gospel damn truth. And it, it, it has pissed me off, and a friend of mine brought this up to me today and said, now you, you wonder why women don't come out when something like this happens to them? Look at how this woman's being treated. If this were to be true, look at how she's being treated. Hmm. That's and well that, said. It, it really it made me step back, and as a father of three children... If, if one of my daughters come to me and said, you know, Joe Smith did this to me, or even just made me feel uncomfortable, I would believe my child. Why don't we believe this woman? And maybe, maybe it is a lie. But why do we not say, well, maybe Monica Lewinsky was lying? Because well, power... She had, she had evidence. Because power... Yeah, the, the dress. But the power corrupts. And when there's a competition for political power on, we can't talk about the truth. We have to be suspicious of one another. We can't believe anything because our party, our team has to win. And you know what? You actually, without even knowing it, I don't believe, you have lived up to the first lesson Taylor Swift teaches us. You've reclaimed the narrative. 
You know, you took Taylor Swift's music and you used it as an elaborate dad joke. And that's what Taylor has done all the time with her naysayers. You're an incredible performance artist. So thank you for that. Well, and it's just, it's, it, it, it's sad, but, but when I, I got a text today, and, and it really made me step back and look at, you know, even what I believe and, and what I think, and, and I'm guilty. I think you and I have talked about this before. I don't know if it was on air or just in the conversation. You know, politics in and of itself has become sports. Yeah. And, you know, you're either an Auburn fan or an Alabama fan. And you're going to hate everything they do. And they're going to hate everything you do, even if they have to make up a reason for hating it. And, I mean, why can't you have a damn honest conversation, my man? Why can't you just really just be honest and say, you know what? Well, but this Roy Moore guy may be a damn creeper. Well, you know what it brings up to my to me, and I don't want to really get into this too much, but I have to. Uh, you know, when somebody, it's a really crappy marriage, or some people just broke up, and they just don't like each other? Have you heard how those type those folks talk to one another? Dude, Joey... That's exactly have, how partisan politics works. And, and unfortunately, I have, and uh, the, you know, when you, when you live with somebody, you know every single thing about them mm -hmm. and, and and you can still love them in spite of their faults and you can be the happiest couple on the face of the earth and then something triggers and it's like nope i can't do this anymore we're getting a divorce as soon as that happens they become the most evil human being that's ever walked on this planet it is incredible. Yeah. And I've had so many of my friends, and then it rips my heart out because I love both of them. Right, and you got to pick love, a side. And, and I'm just like, hey, I'm not picking a damn side. I said, I love both of them. I can separate that. It's very hard to, but most people don't. And then that's when you get into what you're talking about. The friends start piling up, and half of them go to Susie, and half of them go to Tom, and 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 then it. Well, he was this, she was that. Yeah, you want me to get Lauren to call you and tell you everything that's wrong with me? Right, <laughs> dude. You would have to have three hours to hear that story. You right, know, but she knows the same it, thing to her. But it's it, she probably loves you though because of the flaws. And what's weird is when it it's war. And no, it, 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 it's in spite of Joey. In spite, in spite of. of okay. See, it, I, I it, like I like people because of their little flaws. Like at first, she, well, it yeah. annoys you, but then you're like, man, I like that about them. I like that they snore, that their feet stink. Oh no, Lauren! She snores. Good gosh, oh, I do not like that. You're gonna about get her. in trouble. You're gonna get in so much trouble. <laughs> oh, she knows it. She knows it. She doesn't believe it. I've started have... to sm snore recently. <laughs> I don't know what the deal. Oh, is Oh, she is like a chainsaw. She has <laughs> waking woke me up from a room away <laughs> before. <laughs> you're gonna get in so much trouble. <laughs> she, she still denies it. I'm like, no, baby, you freaking shake the. <laughs> <laughs> dang doors when you sleep. <laughs> well, oh, 
I think I, 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 that's an all fair story. I'll tell you how I stop her from snowboarding one day. That is hilarious. Yeah, I feel like though <laughs> I need to terminate the call because you're going to get in way too much trouble. Well, Joey, you can't get in more trouble than I'm already in. I live in trouble. Fair enough. But that makes me me. <laughs> well, thank you for schooling me on Taylor Swift and saving me from myself. Hey, and just always remember, just shake it off, man. Shake yeah, it off. Shake it off. Yeah, just reclaim <laughs> the narrative. Thank you, 84. Thank you. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Later. Uh, y'all want to join on the conversation, really go anywhere. You can ask me anything, and I will answer as truthfully as I can to the best of my ability. D gave us a call at 272-9228. Hey, D, what's up? Hey, Jelly. Hey. Well, I, I'm way over 20, 30, 40, 50, but I still love Taylor Swift. I think she's great. I don't know what it is about her. I just mm-hmm. love her. Yeah. And, I mean, it's like Trump. I don't know what it is about him, but I just like him. Like, he can't do any wrong in my eyes, no it's, matter what he does. It's the intangible it factor? Is what now? The, the intangible it factor? The X factor? I don't know what it is. I just think that it's his... His personality, just I love that A type personality, that boorishness. I love it. So that's why I love Trump. But to eighty four, I just wanted to disagree, and this has never happened before because oh, I've never wow. disagreed with eighty four. Yeah. But he said, when you live with somebody, you know everything about them. No, sir. In my line of work, I know that you can live with somebody for twenty years, and they can have a ton of secrets that you know nothing about. So that is incorrect, Mister Eighty Four. Wait, that's happened to you, or you've uh, you've known no, somebody that, for a um, few decades, or some of your friends, maybe. Say it's a friend. No, some of my clients. I mean, they have <laughs> secret lives. They have completely secret lives from their partners. See, I don't have enough energy to live a double life. Well, people in Montgomery have lots of energy. They live lots of double lives. And their husbands and wives know nothing about it. Well, and I'm not here to out anybody, but uh, in my either, but right in my ex- well, and in my experience, you're correct, especially with this town. There's a lot of double dealing going on. There's a lot of triple dealing going on <laughs> in this town. I promise you, I'm in the field of knowing all the bad secrets about people, and I won't divulge them at all. But right. there's a lot of double lives and triple lives. Going Have you on. ever been surprised? Have you ever been surprised? Like you, I'm sure you get a little jaded after hearing all the stories. And has something surprised you at all recently? Oh, something surprises me every day. <laughs> every single day, I think this is the worst. It can't get any worse. Like today, I heard this horrible story mm-hmm. about somebody cheating. Their partner knows nothing about it. Mm-hmm. They did some crazy sex act, and now. They're stuck in this position that they can't tell their partner because the partner didn't know. And I mean, it's just a big secret society here in Montgomery. Mm. Uh, I, I hope '84 knows everything, but most people probably don't. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a weird world, and people wonder why I'm a hermit. D. I just keep to myself. I listen to my music like an old hipster, and I try not to get involved in all these secret societies out there. And it's the people that you least, least expect. I mean, you would think that these people are hermits, and I'm not too jelly, but other people, you just would not believe the secret lives that they have. It's 
incredible. Well, I have to bring you on in studio sometime, Dee, and maybe we can come up with a few stories without divulging anybody's secrets. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll try and do that. Okay. Well, I really <laughs> I like appreciate the call. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, folks, i got to hit a break here. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. I still don't understand the how big the iconic nature of Taylor Swift because I'm 28 going on 55. I, I just don't understand it. If you want to school me on that, 272-9228. Or if you want to ask me anything, maybe I'll divulge some of my own secrets. We'll be right back after the break. Joey Clark. Joey Clark. Welcome back. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour on a Friday, or I'm honestly ready for the weekend. I'm just looking over the Louis C.K. apology, the long-form statement he sent through his representative, Louis K. It reads, these stories are true about him macerating his strawberries in front of people or over the phone while talking to people or just kind of anywhere Um, Anyway, these stories are true. At the time, I said to myself that what I did was okay because I never showed a woman my Richard without asking first, which is also true. But what I learned later in life, too, is that when you have power over another person, asking them to look at your Richard isn't a question. It's a predicament for them. The power I had over these women is that they admired me, and I wielded that power irresponsibly. Louis continues, I have been remorseful of my actions, and I've tried to learn from them and run from them. Now I'm aware of the extent of the impact of my actions. I learned yesterday the extent to which I left these women who admired me feeling badly about themselves and cautious around other men who would never have put them in that position. I also took advantage of the fact that I was widely admired widely admired in my and their community, which disabled them from sharing their story and brought hardship to them when they tried, because people who look up to me didn't want to hear it. I didn't think that I was doing any of that, because my position allowed me not to think about it. There is nothing about this that I forgive myself for, and I have to reconcile it with who I am, which is nothing compared to the task I left them with. I wish I had reacted to their admiration of me by being a good example to them as a man and given them some guidance as a comedian, including because I admired their work. The hardest regret to live with is what you've done to hurt someone else. And I can hardly wrap my head around the scope of hurt brought on them. I'd be remiss to exclude the hurt that I've brought on people who I work with and have worked with, whose professional and personal lives have been impacted by all of this, including projects currently in production, the cast and crew of Better Things, Baskets, The Cops, One Mississippi, and I Love You, Daddy. I deeply regret that this has brought negative attention to my manager, Dave Becky, who only tried to mediate a situation that I caused. I've brought anguish and hardship to the people at FX, who have given me so much. The Orchard, who took a chance on my movie. 
and every other entity that has bet on me through the years. Louis C.K. concludes the statement thusly, I've brought pain to my family, my friends, my children, and their mother. I've spent my long and lucky career talking and saying anything I want. I will now step back and take a long time to listen. Again, that is the statement from Louis C.K. Apologizing in depth. You know, I'm not surprised that a comic, a comedian as talented as Louis, wrote something like this. I heard the other day that the reason people fear public speaking is because, well, evolutionary drives. Speaking of evolution, that people, when they often spoke to the group, were trying to defend themselves against mob justice, against the justice brought on by the group. In this case, it's literally true. I'm wondering, though, how long will Louis listen? Will his career actually be over? And I doubt it because of his profession. But there are a lot of accusations being made because there are a lot of sins, so to speak, that have been committed. And there are a lot of apologies being made, some better than others. I have to say, this is a pretty damn good apology. But we often don't hear about the forgiveness. Now, I've seen online people saying, well, you feel threatened, men in my life. You feel threatened that you're going to be outed in some way. Now you know what it feels like to have another gender with power over you. Okay, touche. How productive is that going to be? Again, we've heard a lot of accusations, outings, apologies. We never seem to get to the forgiveness part. And sometimes you wonder, is forgiveness worth it? Does that person really deserve to be let out of the doghouse so quickly? I don't know. But again, Louis C.K. is going to now take a step back and take a long listen. I wonder what we're going to hear. What's the next shoe to drop? Because it's been a crazy couple of months. And you go back and you look at all these movies works of art that you might enjoy and they now have the sting of reality they carry the baggage of what people were actually like again as I started the show with disgusting people can often create incredible things great artists aren't saints politicians and celebrities of all stripes usually have some dark side to them. And it happened with my own icon. Dies of a drug overdose in an elevator by himself. 
So don't put anybody too high on a pedestal. And though I can't really stand in somebody else's shoes in the case of, say, these women, if Louis C.K. walks out of a room and does that, starts pleasuring himself out of nowhere, I'm going to talk about it. Because you have to understand, do you think Louis does that? Because he is powerful? Do you think Louis is a broken man? This is the more easy to explain. When you're talking about an entire culture, where from the top to your top celebrities and talent, everybody seems to be in on it. It's hard to point fingers without everybody being caught up in the dragnet. You know, some people have used the term witch hunt. And it probably isn't the right term these days because witch hunt sort of means that there's nothing there. That you're searching for something that just doesn't exist. But if you think of a play like The Crucible... There are actually sins that lead to a witch hunt. And instead of the true sins being found out, though they eventually are, we go down all these weird little rabbit holes. So I'm wondering, what's the next shoe to drop? There's always more. There's always some new big scandal. And there will be people ready to pounce from whatever direction. Ready to defend these men because maybe these people had something in their own past or because they idolize like Louis C.K. But I have to always be careful that the people we're talking about, whether they're presidents or senators or senatorial candidates or actors or musicians and other movie stars, celebrities of all types again, that are we talking about this just to get ratings? Are we talking about it just to get clicks? Just to make your way in the world? And are you doing it and using other people? You can't always take the time to step back. But we are very quick to judge in this age of social media. Quick to shame and shame and shame without any outlet. And I worry that if we keep backing people into a corner, there's going to be a backlash that I don't want that a lot of other people don't want. I don't think most of us want any sort of backlash. And so I'm ready, honestly, to go home. I'm ready to watch the Auburn-Georgia game. I'm ready to read books like Jane Eyre over here. No, I'm not going to read Jane Eyre. Goodness, what a boring way to spend a weekend.
So, and I still don't understand why Taylor Swift is such a big deal. I get she's talented. She can write great songs. She put in the hard work through a friend or two. I know a guy who's played music with her, said she was incredible. Oh, look, it's a phone call. News talk, who's this? Billy, it's Rosie. Hey, Rosie. Hey. Um, I just want to, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Yeah. And, um, but I have a couple of thoughts that I want to mention. Okay. Um, I, I totally agree with the forgiveness thing. I think we're quick to judge and very slow to forgive. And I think for myself, and we've had conversations, I would hate to be um, judged based on decisions I made, you know, 40 years ago. Right. Um, because my life is not the same now. And so I think we, we need to give people an opportunity because I do think that people can change given the opportunity. But I also think that there's some people who... Um, have had an opportunity to change, and they don't want to change. They like what they're doing, and they've they've just been given over to a depraved mind, you know. And it and, requires public shaming in order to get them to somewhat check themselves. Well, to a certain extent, I think as a society, to tell you the truth, I think it's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better, because I think as a society we have allowed the sexualization of our society and our children and we are reaping what we've sown to it to a certain extent and you hmm. may you know there may be people out there that say well i didn't have anything to do with it i understand that we may not have directly but i'm talking about as a society you know we have allowed things in to change our culture and to sexualize our culture and now you know we've reaped the wind and are we sown to the wind and now we're reaping the the whirlwind um and i think that it's going to come to the point to where there is so much of it out there that we real really realize um as a society how depraved we have become and not only in our own society, but we've manufactured this to the world and send it out there. And so um, sometimes it takes that before we can realize really what we've become. Um, and I'm not one that wants to shame someone else, but I think shame does come with things that are <laughs> immoral and depraved. I mean, right. that's just a fact of life. It's not that you want to shame someone, but it does. It happens. The other thing is, people can change, um, but there's there's a point to where, for instance, you, I would never want to put someone in a position who had had a problem um, with young children or something like that. I wouldn't put them in a nursery to work. Or in a preschool to work. Absolutely not, right. You're asking for trouble. While I believe those people can change, while I believe that they can truly be remorseful, and that may never happen again, 
you don't want to put a person in a position to where they would be tempted like that. The same way alcoholics don't know need to go into a bar and hang around alcohol all the time. Or somebody who's had a problem with drugs needs to be around someone who's in the drug culture because there's too much temptation. You need to know what your limitations are. Right. You know? And it's about people being honest with with and about themselves. Absolutely. Um, and uh, here's my point is that if you want to be... For instance, you want to be Ric Flair and you want to sleep with a different person every night and you want to drink and that's who you want to be, be honest with yourself. Don't go marry somebody and have children and then go live that life. Right. And you can, and maybe it's not the right decision, but it's your life to live. And it, it's, the, it's wanting to have your cake and eat it too. It's wanting to have the white picket fence and still be able to go play in the dark side. Right, and that's life. dishonest. Very dishonest. You it know? is. It's incredibly dishonest. Yeah, people have a right. Uh, I mean, they can make the choice to live the kind of life that they want to live, but there are consequences to living that kind of life. And um, and if you're not ready to deal with the consequences, then don't make the choice. Well said, Rosie, and I appreciate your call. Thank you so All much. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, News Talk, who's this? You're on there. You're probably going to be the last call tonight. Hey, Joey, it's Courtney. Hey, Courtney, what's up? Hey, I just wanted to say that, for one, kudos. I'm so proud of you. Your show is doing amazing. Oh, I don't feel like I'm doing amazing tonight. I'm ready you, to just go and No, relax. you really are. You really are, because I, I am in the same position. All day, I have heard about this Roy Moore, Roy Moore, Roy Moore. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm over it. I'm done. Let's just move on. He did what he did. He didn't do what he didn't do. I don't care either way. I'm like you. I just want to move on to other important things. There's so many more important things going on in the world today other than, and the, you know, Roy Moore groping uh, a 14-year-old 38, 40 years ago, whatever. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm yeah. over it. Well, and and I'm I like, get people. I just football game. And I get people's outrage. Like, it, it's the basic outrage of why do people who say the story's true, it has nothing to do with politics, let's just say the story's true, it's that sort of outrage of why do people who do bad things end up in being rewarded, getting positions of power, exactly. uh, these sort of things. Um, why did the, the good suffer and the evil succeed and flourish? And it's a common theme. Uh, you see it a lot in politics. And yeah. it's, a, it's a frustrating one, but we have to realize that life balances itself out. Yeah, okay, Roy yeah. Moore might end up as a senator from Alabama. He knows, and at the end of the day, he knows what he did. Exactly. And he's going to have to live with it. That's going to be his conscience, not anyone else's. Yeah. It's like me. I work for the federal government. If I was judged with what I did <laughs> years ago, oh my goodness. It'd oh. be bad. And if I'm judged for what I continue to do today, no, actually, <laughs> I don't do that much today. Uh, Courtney, thank you so much for the call, and thank, thank you for you. the call. Uh, your show is amazing. Thank you so much, Joey. You, you're doing a great job. All right. Well, have a good night yourself. And that's been the Joey Clark Radio Hour, folks. I'm excited for next Friday because we're going to have a true rock star in the studio with his band, J.D. Simo. In the meantime, I think next week we'll be talking about whatever is in the political news a little bit, but be getting really into my love of guitar. Oh, and also my best friend, my roommate from college, Troy. He'll be here on Monday sharing old war stories. 
not literal war, but old college stories and stories from high school maybe reveal a little more about me. Thank you for listening. I'll be back on Monday. Joey Clark.